Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall. One fall. One fall. One fall. Not bad, not bad. It could use some work with a 60-minute time limit. My name is Chizuk Bean, and you are listening to the latest episode of the One Fall Show. I am joined on uh, this side of our game show by my timekeeper and fellow referee, Erica Benes. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Chuck. How are you? Doing all right. Looking forward to uh, another week of the One Fall Show. And before we get there, a little bit of housekeeping. I wanted to uh, put out there, while none of the questions are about these two individuals, we here at the One Fall Show do want to send our hearts and our thoughts out to the fans and the family of the two wrestlers that we have lost in the last seven days, both Shad Gaspar, formerly of WWE's Crime Time, and Hana Kimura of Stardom Wrestling, who briefly was in Ring of Honor over here in both uh, aspects, careers cut far too short, and lives as well, and uh, we we... We mourn them along with the rest of the wrestling community. We, however, are here to play our game of the One Fall Show, and we have our three panelists who will be answering questions today. Let me introduce the panelists. The first up, Mr. Justin Valentine. Hello, hello, and yes, thoughts and prayers out to both families, but unfortunately, we have to move on. Got business to do, so let's talk wrestling. Absolutely, Justin. We're also joined by Mr. Shawnee Constant, longtime co-host of the One Fall Show. And reigning one fall champion. How is everybody doing today? We are all excited to see. Uh, I don't think we've gone two weeks in a row with a champ. I think we've had a new champ nearly every week. So I'm curious to see if you can break that streak. When people think of Shawnee Constant, I want them to think of quality, integrity, and consistency. So I'm hoping to win today, Chuck. All right. Looking forward to it. And of course, we are joined by everyone's favorite one fall panelist our resident heel mr nate bender that's right thank you mr bean and uh i will remind everyone that i am the only two-time reigning one fall champion let's try to make it three that's true that could all change today though as we enter into our game the game is fairly simple we've got three rounds of three questions each uh, each particular question is worth uh, successive points. So the first question is worth one, the second worth two, and the third worth three. Uh, we will start the game with that this week's or last week's champion, which will be Mr. Shawnee Constant. If he cannot answer the question after a five count, it will be moved to the next uh, the next contestant at the end of three rounds. Then we'll have a final question where you can wager your points against it to uh, try and completely bury your opponents. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right, Shawnee, you've got the first round. We've got our three categories, which are smacked raw about raw and SmackDown. The Wednesday Night War, NXT and AEW, and then around the ring, some news and notes of the week. Where would you like to start? Let's start down and dirty with smacked raw, Chuck. It gets dirtier every week. This question coming to us from Monday Night Raw and almost tailor-made for you, Shawnee, considering who some of your favorite wrestlers are. So this week, a volatile Kevin Owens show led to a two-on-three tag match between uh, Owens and Apollo Crews and Zelina Fega's heel faction. Before the KO show even started, who trashed the set? Oh my, I know the answer to this because I watched it. But my recall is acting up. It was trashed by. Uh, oh, Coco Beware. Coco Beware. Well, not the correct answer. An entirely entertaining answer. Erica, is that worth the point? Honestly, I uh, had I not, I would have pushed my button, but I was laughing too hard and I was just too distracted. So, yeah, I, I give that a point. Any sort of random Coco Beware reference is always a win in my book. Big Coco Beware pop from Erica. So there you go. Uh, Shawnee, you're on the board with a point. However, that is not the correct answer. So we will move on to uh, Mr. Justin Valentine. Justin, do you need the question again? Uh, no, I believe I got the answer. And it is? Uh, Natalia. That's true. Miss Natalia Neidhart after uh, losing her match to Shayna Baszler. What do you guys think about this uh, feud that we've got between Natalia and Shayna? They both uh, have submissions for uh, for finishers but natalia not somebody that they use very often or give a whole lot of uh a whole lot to work with yeah i've never been much of a natalia fan to be honest with you i just find her very cheesy 
uh, when it comes to storylines. And Shayna Baszler, I'm a, a fan of in the ring. She has about two or three moves. So I don't know if this pairing works for me. I know the women's division is kind of rocked a bit with Becky Lynch all of a sudden gone, but I don't know if this does it. Yeah, there is a big Becky Lynch shaped void in the women's division uh, at WWE. And, you know, if this is the beginning of uh, a natty heel turn, I don't know that that's going to be something that I'm interested in. Although I do have a question. Who is booking Raw where you can just, you know, like a interview segment just leads to a tag match randomly? Nobody booked that. It clearly through the storyline happened in the moment, which is very confusing and inconsistent from the way that raw has been for years leading up to that. I I just think that that's a really bad, you know, like they need to explain stuff like that. I think that both of these uh, women are excellent in ring workers. Uh, I'm a fan of, I'm a huge fan of Shayna Baszler. If I'm being honest, Natty, uh, she's technically incredible. She's been around for a very long time, but she's sort of the she's the classic old hand. And uh, really, she re- she reminds me of Colin, the energy vampire from uh, what we do in sh- the shadows, the television series. No matter what she does, her her character, her costume, no charisma comes f- from her. Uh, and so no matter what she's booked in, I know she's going to execute competently and professionally, but it never, ever moves the needle in terms of excitement for me. Yeah, clearly she got her charisma from Brett. Ouch. First of all, that's an insult to Brett. Even Brett had some charisma. Natty just for I mean, she's had only decades to try and develop a personality and she just hasn't like once you can't argue with her technical abilities, hands down. She's fantastic in the ring, but like she's been giving given chance after chance after chance and just just nothing seems to work. She's just so damn boring. She's forever a mid Carter. And I'm sure there's nothing uh, particularly wrong with having a couple of people that I believe they refer to them as mechanics. They're there to make the other talent look good. But it absolutely feels like at a certain point, Natty has very much become that role. All right, well, moving on with the game, let's get on to the second question. Justin, you got that one right, so the uh, the round moves to you. This one also coming from Monday Night Raw and from a similar uh, part of the show. Seth Rollins adding to his apostles this week once Zelina Vegas faction got rid of some dead weight after their loss in the ring to Apollo Crews and Kevin Owens. Who's the newest follower of the Monday Night Messiah? Uh, that would be Austin Theory. That's correct. Two points to uh, Justin. For Austin Theory, I know we've talked before about Zelina Vega's um, faction here on the show, and I I saw somewhere on one of the dirt sheets they had an actual name for it that I have never heard, and I don't have it written down. But um, how how are we guys? How are we feeling about them going from a trio to a duo this week? Look, I, it took. A, a weird left turn. The results of it, I'm okay with. I don't mind an, a talent like Austin Theory with Seth Rollins, and I don't mind Andrade and Angel Garza as a tag team. I just find it weird of how we got here. They were a trio. It didn't seem like there were any issues, and then all of a sudden, one week, they're on screen, and they're arguing for no reason. I don't know. They kind of forced this. Again, the results I'm okay with, but the process to get there, I guess, was a little weird to me. Yeah, I'm I'm less than impressed with Austin Theory right now. I haven't really seen much of his in-ring work outside of, you know, either getting jobbed out or thrown against a barricade. I'm interested to see what he's going to be doing as a part of Seth Rollins' faction, but that's even another faction that's not entirely gelling. Um I I I like Murphy Um, I think that Murphy and Rollins are a good pairing, but you've still got AOP that are hanging out somewhere in the background, nursing an injury. So, you know, it seems like that's a big, like six people is a big stable. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to be curious to see where it goes, but, uh, yeah, not, not the biggest fan of it. It is interesting to me that, uh, two of the things that have absolutely resurfaced, during this time of uh, empty empty warehouse matches is managers managing more than one person and the idea of enhancement matches with 
essentially NXT talent that, you know, get the call up, not so much so that they can be new talent and in the pool, but so that they can enhance other talent. It's very fascinating. You mean with Akira Tozawa? That's who you need. That's who you call when you need a job done in WWE. Or when you need somebody to yell, ha, can he just win once? I've been watching WWE television for like six months. I don't think I've ever seen him win. Yeah, well, you missed his uh, his cruiserweight reign, so it's and it's not surprising because it was very short. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to be going back and checking out cruiserweight matches. So that's fair. That's fair. Well, moving on, Justin, you've got the last question here for three points. Over on SmackDown, we had two more matches that tore the house down for the Intercontinental Title Tournament. What are the pairings for next week's semifinals matches? Oh, that would be. AJ Styles and Elias and Daniel Bryan versus Jeff Hardy. Correct on both counts. Erica, should that be only worth three points or should it be three, be three apiece? Three uh, three for each uh, match? I don't know. I think three is enough. At this point, because, like, man, if we give Justin three more points, dear God, I mean, it's a blowout already and we need a show. Yeah, I can just go home at that point. <laughs> that, Getting that's screwed over by the booking department. Fantastic. Uh, I don't think we've discussed the whole idea that they dropped. Uh, they made Sami Zayn drop the belt, and uh, they're saying that he'll probably feud with whoever wins this when it comes back. Uh, how do we guys? How do we feel about Sami Zayn having to drop the belt, but uh, Brock Lesnar getting to you know hold a title hostage for months? I think it's the right call. I think it's fair because you don't know when Sami Zayn's going to come back just because it's uh, regarding the coronavirus pandemic and you need to know when the title is on. Brock Lesnar, his schedule is BS, but WWE schedules it that way. They know when he's going to show up, so they have still have control over that title when he holds it. If Sami Zayn's going home for who knows how long, he's basically holding that title hostage and you can't have that. Well, hang on, hang on. Do we know for a fact that Sami Zayn is refusing to come in for tapings? Uh, he's from Canada. He may not be able to get into the country. If that's the case, I think that that sucks. Like, that really sucks for him, um, you know, especially if it's not really his choice. We've seen other talent get, you know, held up at the border. Uh, Dark Order hasn't been on AEW television for, uh, you know, close to two months because they're also in Canada. So. I, I definitely feel for Sammy. Uh, hopefully he will end up feuding with whoever, uh, you know, takes the the championship, which is probably going to be AJ Styles. Let's let's face it. And I you know what? I'm kind of OK with that, mostly because I want to see Sammy and AJ work a program together. I'd love to see that. I think that would be really good. I'm I'm with Nate on this one. I don't think we really know what the background situation is. It's led to some great. Uh, online debates among fans but really it's people arguing positions that they can't be sure that they're solid on so uh, hopefully he comes back and has a great program with whoever wins this title i think that uh, these last four are all pretty interesting I elias obviously the odd man out in terms of experience and legacy but i think any of the other three winning the title is uh, a worthy intercontinental champion and can do some interesting stuff with it uh, between now and SummerSlam. I just, I think if you move AJ Styles from Raw to SmackDown in the midst of the tournament, that that kind of shows your hand. And that's supposed to be a thing too, that they said this week on SmackDown, AJ Styles has been uh, traded to SmackDown for, you know, yeah. uh, uh, somebody later they're, they're saying, which I ain't mad about having AJ Styles back on SmackDown. That's for sure. Prove me wrong. WWE prove me wrong. All right. Well, Justin, uh, taking the taking that particular round, give me some scores, Erica. Want to make sure I've got them correct here. All right. Well, we got Justin in the lead with six points, followed up by Shawnee with one, and Nate unfortunately has yet to score a point. I've been yet. I haven't been asked a question. Well, we can remedy that very easily. Nate, you get the next round. Do you want to talk about Wednesday nights, or do you want to talk about news and notes from the week? Let's go uh, Wednesday night war. All right. Actually, this this event happening last night, AEW's Double or Nothing uh, was last night, and they crowned the first ever TNT champion. Who was it? Uh, that would be one Mr. Cody Rhodes. 
That is correct. Well, how does everybody feel about Cody uh, finally uh, being awarded a title of some sort? Do you think this was the right move, or do you think uh, Lance Archer should have been the first TNT champ? Wrong guy went over. It absolutely should have been Lance Archer. And, and here's why. Because Cody being denied the AEW Heavyweight Championship, he should have been beaten for the, the television championship to put him on the path to figure out how is he going to eventually end up challenging for the heavyweight belt, because that's the only one that really, really at the end of the day matters. And of course that's going to be the program that they end up building towards. I I think that this just kind of shows that they're, they're kicking that can down the road. Um, I'd rather them solve, solve that, that puzzle on how Cody gets back in the main event scene rather than have him kind of sit on this belt for a while. And I also think that you would have kept Lance Archer strong. He's been an absolute beast since he came in. Um, they had a great match. I, I really enjoyed the match that they put on. Um, but I, I really think that they should have kept Lance strong, especially given the booking of the other matches that took place at double or nothing. I I completely agree with Nate on this one. I think, you know, first of all, the title belt itself looks like I said on Twitter last night, looks like they stopped at Toys R Us on the way to the show to pick up that belt. (laughs) I mean, with Cody Rhodes, since AEW has been hot, along with Chris Jericho, even without a title, Cody Rhodes has been the most over name in wrestling, the most talked about name in wrestling. So this was a very predictable uh, booking decision. I think it would have been awesome to see Archer get it and you know rob Cody of this moment that a lot of people assumed Cody was going to have. Give us a little bit of a plot twist. I think it was way too predictable. Justin, I totally agree with you. Cody does not need a belt. He does not need the elevation of a belt to be as over as he is. He's by far the most over single wrestler in all of AEW. And I think that he commands a presence and a power that absolutely doesn't need a championship. Although building a long program to see him be denied of it and then get it, that's the ultimate payoff. That's like the ultimate audience payoff. So clearly that's what they're going to be building towards in the long term. I'm not sure where this, you know, TV title in the interim is supposed to, you know, what that's supposed to accomplish. And I do agree with you. That belt looks like absolute shit. However, I'm told, at least they said at the pay-per-view, that that's not the final version of the belt. So, uh, you know, at least there's that. I look forward to them adding the spinners. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait for that. (laughs) It almost does look like it could be a spinner belt, doesn't it? I could see, like, especially on the side plates, I could see those being uh, spinners. (laughs) All right, let's move forward with this uh, particular round about the Wednesday Night War. This uh, question coming to us from NXT. NXT announced the first match for NXT TakeOver in your house. Who are we going to be looking at? Oh, no. Uh, I thought that there were more matches booked for this. Um... There are at the moment there are two matches, so honestly, you could guess either one of them, and you would you would be correct. Oh God! Um, uh, let's go with uh, Pampiro Furpo versus uh, uh, the Yeti. I'm only familiar with the Yeti, but uh, I don't I don't know if if that'll be a match. I will have you know. I will have you know, I was in the fucking crowd for the debut of the Yeti. (laughs) You're an old school Yeti fan. That's right. From the very beginning, I saw his very first match where he went in and dry humped Hulk Hogan. That had to be something to see. It was horrible. Let's uh, let's throw this one to Shawnee. Sean, who, uh, what is, what is one of the matches so far that they've announced for NXT takeover in your house? So far there are two. So either one of them would be a correct answer is uh, Matt Riddle versus Timothy Thatcher in the steel cage. One of those matches that is not, but if that is, have been, has been announced then I will, I will take that as correct. That might be for an NXT episode. I, be- mm-hmm. I, I believe that's the, uh, this upcoming week. I think you're right. All right, so we can uh, throw that one back to Justin. 
Justin, give us one of the matches for NXT TakeOver in your house. Uh, how about Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley versus Io Shirai for the NXT women's title? That is correct. I think the other one just came to me. Can I can I throw it out there just to see if I'm right? Is it Karrion Cross versus Tommaso Ciampa? That is the other match that I had on the uh, thing. Erica, I'm going to leave this to your discretion. What should, how should we distribute the points for this one? All right. Well, I'm awarding Justin the two points. However, I am going to give Nate one point uh, for mentioning the Yeti. I like I, it. You know, last week, I believe uh, Nate said that, uh, who's this new fellow with Scarlet? Carrying Cross. Cross. But you, yeah, you said that Carrying Cross was the worst name in all of wrestling ever. And uh, then I remembered that Damian Priest is also on the NXT <laughs> roster. Yeah. <laughs> It's only a matter of time before they're a tag team. Yeah, the two worst names in all of wrestling together. I don't know what the tag team is called. Two dudes with bad attitudes. I don't know what name is worse than that, but there you go. That tag team is called, we all realize you're only here to look at Scarlet. Pretty much. Pretty much. What do you guys think about the uh, NXT brand resurrecting the, uh, the In Your House? I, th- I think it's fun. I like it. I'm I'm a fan for sure. They definitely need to give NXT a, a little bit more of a push when it comes to shows like that. And I think, uh, you know, bringing in your house to NXT gives them that push instead of creating just calling it NXT TakeOver Blah. Add a little bit more spice to it. Having Triple H and Shawn Michaels announce it was cool too. I think it was much needed for NXT. I'm t- I'm right there with you, man. I I agree. I I love seeing these old kind of gimmick shows come back. I'd like to see more of them kind of revived through NXT, like NXT Halloween Havoc. That would be awesome. Uh, I thought War Games when they brought War Games back, that was amazing. Um, so more of the the old school callback gimmick pay per views. Yes, we all agree this is the way to do it. NXT does everything with a little bit more ingenuity than you see on Raw and SmackDown, and uh, I think that's uh, ser- that, that'll serve them well when they reintroduce In Your House. And as Justin said, we sort of need a little boost for the brand and a pay-per-view uh, separate from everything else. A spotlight on NXT is a very good idea. Yeah, going to be absolutely looking forward to, uh, like all NXT takeovers, going to be very strange, too, going forward that they're having them on Sundays when they would typically have a WWE show instead of on Saturdays when that they've established for NXT shows. Let's move on to the third question. Justin, I believe you are uh, in charge of the, the round here and really uh, breaking away from the pack this week. We'll check scores after uh, this particular question. However, this one coming to us from AEW. So Brian Cage was the surprise entrant and winner to AEW's casino ladder match last night at AEW Double or Nothing. The number one contender for the AEW championship against John Moxley. The president of AEW, Tony Khan, announced that Cage versus Moxley is going to take place at which event? Son of a, I did not hear that announcement. So I'm going to say probably going to be at Taboo Tuesday. We're going to bring that back and have the match there. (laughs) <laughs> that would that would be quite exciting, honestly, to uh, see. I always thought Taboo Tuesday was a better title than Cyber Sunday. That's just that doesn't. Ugh. Yeah, that sounds gross. Yeah, that sounds dirty. Let's throw it to Sean. Sean, uh, what uh, event is going to feature Cage versus Moxley for the AEW title, according to Tony Khan? Oh, man, if it's not all out, I don't know. <laughs> it is unfortunately not all out. Uh, so Nate, you've got an opportunity to steal a couple of points here. Where are we going to see cage versus Moxley? So, uh, I I just want to say that the event that this, that this match is going to be at is one that it, you know, like there's a lot of convergence. It's video games and wrestling coming together. And that's of course, fighter fest 2020. Yes, that is the correct answer for three points. Nate Bender pulling that one down. So um, let's talk about Double or Nothing because we haven't really touched on it yet. There were some fantastic matches. There were some uh, fun surprises. Uh, What was everybody's uh, highlights from Double or Nothing, starting with you, Nate? I thought it was a pretty okay pay-per-view. I was prepared not to like the stadium stampede match because it was just so all over the place. But there were a couple of moments in there that genuinely made me laugh and smile. So 
you know, I can't be too much. You know, I can't poo poo it too much. MJF going over uh, Jungle Boy was uh, a, a fantastic match. And, uh, you know, the the opening ladder match, the debut of Brian Cage uh, was those were some uh, some pretty impressive moments. I enjoyed all of that. Yeah, I was a fan of it. I've seen just about every match. I'm still getting through most of it. But from what I've seen, I was a fan. They got a ton of talent there that can put on a good pay-per-view. I think the one thing I want to complain about, I think guys like JR has passed his prime. And I think talent is like the, the moments, Brian Cage's debut, the stunts that we saw, they didn't get the pop that it deserved. It seemed like the announce between the announce team and everything going on, they didn't care as much. They weren't as energetic and it just took away a little bit from the moment, every wrestling moment, you know, the call goes with it. And to me from cages debut to all the different stunts in a ladder match and the stadium stampede, I think it's a little bit was taken away from it because the announce team just ruined it by just not being in the moment, not being excited enough for a big pay-per-view like this. For them to only have what the four pay per views that they have, you think the energy would be there even more. You know, Justin, I I agree with that. I think that there is something wrong uh, in the announce team. I don't know that it's Jr. Um, I personally, I kind of think it's Tony Schiavone. Um, as much as I I hate to kind of put a singular name to it, uh, but you know, I I, I definitely think that they need to try some. Uh, you know, maybe some some uh, new blood on the the commentary desk um, because you're right. There were too many jokes that were being thrown out, or you know, not taking it serious, or kind of verbal eye rolling uh, that I heard. And you know, there's some of that you're going to get some of that with uh, with some of the sillier stuff on the on the show, um, but it, it shouldn't you know poison the well for the rest of the commentary desk. I like what they did with the extenuating wrestlers outside of the ring, creating sort of the false crowd. It, it felt like there was a hubbub there. It felt like yeah. there was some interest. I thought it worked out really well. I, I'm particularly interested in hearing what Erica has to say because she is our resident AEW fan. And I have a feeling that she has some thoughts on the matter and I'm interested to hear them. Oh, and you're all going to hear them very much so. So to begin <laughs> with, I think overall the show was just ridiculously fun. I think it was something I mean I know it's been said uh throughout the entire wrestling community that like this was the kind of the show we needed right now just considering the past week in the wrestling world just being so tragic. Um, I think that's part of the reason why Cody went over to be honest uh to see, you know, just you know, a, a face win a belt because I was anticipating Lance Archer winning um, overwhelmingly. And when he didn't, I was, I was actually, I was incredibly stunned. Um, as far as the commentary uh, team goes, you know, I mean, it's, they're clearly still trying to figure out where everyone goes. Um, perhaps maybe take Shivani off the, the, the team and have, I've always preferred two person commentary teams, but that's just me. Yes. And truth be told, you know, who knows how long Cole Cabana's career is going to be, but if you've listened to any of his work in ring of honor with Ian Riccoboni, um, I love those two together. And I think Cabana and, uh, Excalibur together would be outstanding as a team. He did, he did a match or two on dynamite, didn't he? That is correct. I think, yeah, I think he was, he was real good. Yeah. I think that was before he officially signed and it was, I, I don't, I forgot where they were. They could have been in like the greater Chicagoland area, which is probably why he stopped by. Um, the stadium stampede match was so damn silly and so great. And it, it's a prime example of why, comedy wrestling will never quite work in the WWE. And let me explain why everything creatively has to funnel through one person. And that's Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon thinks the most like the funniest shit in the world is when a fully clothed person gets thrown into a pool. Now, when you think that is the height of comedy, you can't quite expect quality comedy wrestling to come into the product. I thought the way that they utilized the, their ample resources were, was hilarious. Um, the fact that we got Hangman on a horse again, fantastic. 
uh, it just, it, the hits just kept coming. Like it was, it was just, it was subversive. Um, I like just to the, like I, I was laughing my ass off the whole time and I had just a, an amazing time. Uh, obviously Hikaru Shida going over. I was actually very surprised about that too, but Nyla Rose, I mean, like she'll be a contender always, and I, I think changing up just the women's division a little bit, especially now that Britt Baker is on the shelf for who knows how long, I think is the right yeah. move. And I think Sheeta is just so incredibly talented in the ring. So I think that was a smart move. But by, by the way, I loved uh, Hikaru Shida's like t- like half Tifa cosplay that she came to the ring in. I <laughs> thought that was really like a real nice touch. I have no idea what that means, Nate, but cool it's a video game character okay that's fun it's from final fantasy okay fine (laughs) i just you know i just thought oh it's pay-per-view gear so whatever uh but i mean hey as uh, as one of the people from nerd radio i feel like i have to pipe up about about that but continue okay that that's i i'm only married to a gamer i'm not a gamer myself anywho fair fair but yeah overall the show i think was just just stupid fun and um you know, I know we kind of went back and forth about the price tag, um, considering that they only have like four or five events every year. I don't mind paying that so long as you deliver and they delivered. Um, who knows what the future could hold with WWE? Obviously, we're all very used to paying $9.99, but as we all know, they could be going away from the network. So we might all have to get used to just paying for stuff again. So that considering, if you want me if you want me to continue paying for your product, you got to deliver an AEW delivered. I, I got to say the stadium stampede match, when you do like a one-to-one comparison of the money in the bank match, I think that, you know, cause they're, they're both, you know, they're making use of huge spaces and a lot of foreign objects and you've got some big high spots and, you know, it's it's meant to be a little bit tongue in cheek. I think the stadium stampede match holds up miles better than the money in the bank match. I agree with that. I think the money in the bank match did not need to be a cinematic production. I think it could have been the way the stadium stampede match was where there's a bunch of cameramen everywhere and they're following them around. That's how the money in the bank match should have been set up. The cinematic stuff was good for the Firefly Funhouse and the Boneyard match. I don't think it fit well with Money in the Bank. The Stadium Stampede pulled it off well, though. And I have to say, when we do get regular shows again, I would love if AEW continued to put just sprinkle a couple of superstars into the crowd for you to kind of you know watch while the match is going on because it's definitely been a highlight of how things are done right now. I just want to bring up one more thing before we move off of uh, double or nothing. Uh, So Cody goes over Lance Archer. uh, Moxley goes over uh, Brody Lee and Hikaru Shida goes over Nyla Rose. Also the elite go over uh, the inner circle that I mean, that is strong baby face booking and I'm not trying to give out for the heels maybe a little bit, but you know, I think in terms of booking that show, one of those could have changed. And I I think that you would have gotten a little bit more even on the seesaw than you do now, which is heavily weighted for the baby faces. I don't think that they killed any of the heels heat necessarily. I don't know that I'd go that far, but uh, I definitely question some of the booking decisions for double or nothing. All right, Erica, give me a, uh, give me a, culling of the points for uh, the next round here. Okay. We have in the lead, Justin with eight points followed by Nate with five and coming in last is Shawnee with one. All right. That means Shawnee, you'll uh, have the first crack at our final round, which is news and notes from around the ring. Typically the hardest uh, category for us to do. Starting this one where let's talk about Brandy Rhodes. She announced on Twitter a new community for women who love wrestling. What was it called? I have no idea. Okay. We'll uh, move on to Nate. It's called Heels. What do you think, Erica? Are we taking yeah, that? we're taking that one. Woo! 
All right. Yes. Yeah, so the, 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 what I have here is AEW heels. They haven't said anything more other than it is a new community. Like we don't know if it's an online community or a show, an online show or whatever like that. What does everybody think it's actually going to be? I, I have no idea. I, all I know is that I love the name. I think the name is really genuinely pretty clever. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see what this is. Um, cause right now we have almost no information. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know, but dynamite name choice. I think it's a great move when you have WWE getting so much love for the women's evolution and rightfully so. And I think this is an awesome way for AEW to do sort of the same thing outside of the ring in a completely different way. And I think it's awesome. As a woman, can I ch chime in on this one? So you can chime in on this one <laughs> as a person. As being. I think uh, to me, making a concerted effort to reach out to women who are wrestling fans is just a, a solid PR move. Uh, I think they have to be careful with kind of like just going too femme and too pandering, though knowing that like I'm a wrestling fan, I'm, I'm also in, in my, uh, my shoot work. Uh, you know, I write, I, I cover rock and classic rock. So I'm, I'm constantly in very male dominated forms, uh, or forums and, 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 and mediums. So, uh, you know, it's nice to be included, but there, you have to walk a line of like being inclusive and like pandering. So I hope they're cognizant of that. And I think they will be, but I mean, it's, I think it's a hell of an idea. Let's say I'm excited to see where it goes. All right. Moving forward, Nate, you have control of the round in a Twitter exchange this week. The former WWE talents, Zack Ryder and Rusev revealed how they were informed. They had been let go. How did they say that was done? I'm going to guess by text message, because that seems to be the most impersonal way but that's a lot of the way that WWE conducts its business. So text message. That's what I've got here. They, uh, Rusev was the one who said he got a text to call the office oh. and Zach Ryder on Twitter saying, Oh, you too, huh? Oh no, that's, I mean, great guess on my part, but that's horrible. Like that's, that's the worst way to do HR. Like most at most corporations, it's a very formal phone call with the HR manager, like in the room. What is this like? Oh, it's a text. Uh, I guess I know what's going on now. Wow. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I know they'll use the excuse with the pandemic. They're probably not all together, but you could have at least, like you said, a formal phone call, not a little text like, hey, we really need to talk. Because at this point, if we get that from our boss right now and during these times, we know what yeah. it is. So, I mean, what's the point of calling? Yeah, it makes me wonder what happens if you don't call the office? Like, is it is it kind of like... um when uh, Axel Axel Mania ran wild and was never eliminated from the Royal Rumble, like if I never call you, then you never get to fire me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nate, you've got uh, an opportunity here to steal the round with uh, the third question worth three points in an interview with the Pardon My Take podcast. That's right, we're talking about a podcast on a podcast. It's Inception, my friends. The Undertaker revealed a previously unknown reason for why his WrestleMania entrances would be so long. What was this reason? Uh, I, I'm going to guess 65-year-old knees because that's that'll slow you down. That is a good guess, but it is not what I have here. So we will throw this question to Mr. Shawnee Constant. Sean, get on the board. You got th uh, three points at stake. The Undertaker saying in her podcast that uh, sometimes his entrance would take a little bit longer at WrestleMania and gave a reason. What was that reason? You know, I really wish that you wouldn't put pressure on me because I'm having a hard enough day as it is, sir. And since Nate took the answer to that, uh, I would have gone after. I'm going to have to once again say, I just don't know. Oof. Oof, a rough week. Rough week for our uh, our champ here. All right, Justin, your opportunity. Well, why would The Undertaker take so long for his entrances at WrestleMania? 
Uh, I believe he did it for the crowd because if it was a shorter match, he didn't want to screw them over. And he said it depended on the opponents, I believe. That is correct. He said that if he knew the match was going to be horrible, he would take his time coming to the ring to make sure the crowd got their money's worth. This is eye-opening. We're seeing a lot of eye-opening stuff with this Undertaker documentary on uh, the WWE Network. And it's cool to find this stuff out finally. But the question I want to pose to all of you is, what do you think was the worst Undertaker WrestleMania match in your opinion? I totally know this one. I totally, I have the correct answer. There isn't but one correct answer. There is historically what you could say is the worst one, but I think we all have ones that we absolutely were like, I can't believe I sat through this pile of garbage. All right. Uh, well, I mean, it's giant Gonzalez. We, we all know it from WrestleMania nine. Like, yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah. That's, that's the one. That's absolutely a bad one. I know that uh, the one he had WrestleMania 23 against Mark Henry was absolutely one he took his time coming down to the ring because he was not thinking that was going to be great. Yeah, Mark Henry wasn't a good opponent for him. Um, I know a lot of people probably say the one with John Cena just because, I mean, he even said in his documentary he wanted that to be a longer match. Um, I'm going to say a different one. I'm going to say the one with the big boss man at 15, WrestleMania 15 and 99, just because he was so hot as a character at that time, getting such a push. And to give him a WrestleMania match like that during a run like that is absolutely insane to me. Sure, the spot at the end with him hanging boss man from the cage was good, but the actual match itself, that's not WrestleMania worthy for the Hold on. Wait, you think the hanging was good? It gave that character a good push. You know, WWF at the time, they, you know, got a little close to the edge when it comes to storylines and that character. And a lot of people love that. I, you know, look, I'm going to agree to disagree on that one. And I, I will hold back or else we're going to just take this podcast right off the rails. Uh, but yeah, you went, when we get to see each other again in person. Oh, oh, we're talking lengthy. We'll talk. They wanted to make Taker scary, and that spot did it. Murder makes murder makes most things scary. Yeah, any spot where you murder a talent and then have to figure out a way to bring them back the next day is uh, is kind of silly and weird. Is that the event that they followed up with on Raw by suggesting that there was a second lower roof that Big Boss Man actually propped <laughs> himself up on? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, well done. Well done. All right. Well, Erica, what are our, uh, after three rounds, what's our points looking like? All right. Well, in the lead, we have Justin with 11 points, followed by Nate, not that far behind with seven. And Shawnee is bringing up the rear with one. All right. Well, that leads us to our final round, our final question, where we will allow you guys to uh, gauge your points. We're going to have to uh, maybe reestablish how this, this game works because it, it feels like this is the second or third time that we've done this where um, it, it, it seems a little lopsided, but we're still going to do it the way we always do it, to be fair. I, th I think it's great. I like it. Of course you do. You're in the lead. All right. So each of you can uh, private message me over Discord your point total that you want to gauge against this question and then what you think is the answer once I give you the, uh, the question here. For our final fall. Here on the One Fall Show, the next NXT TakeOver happens Sunday, June 7th, and resurrects the classic pay-per-view title in your house for its 25th anniversary. I ask you guys, how many in your houses have there been? All right, looks like I've got one from Justin, one from Nate. Just need an answer from you there, Justin. Quit looking up the answer, Justin. Yeah, Justin. <laughs> all right we've got our three answers here so uh i will go through them and uh in in the order as closest to the answer we'll do this kind of like uh price is right shawnee you uh you gambled your one point and said that there have been three in your house events there have been far more than three unfortunately justin you gauged uh you you gambled one point and said there have been nine in your house events and nate you wagered seven points and guessed that there were 15. There have actually, give me a second. There have actually been 27 in your houses. This will be the 28th in your house, this NXT takeover. 
So that means uh, coming up, first of all, Nate, you had eight points. You can't gamble 15. What are you doing? No, I said I gamble seven points and guess 15 pay-per-views. Oh, okay. My bad. I'm just, hey, you know, I got to keep an eye on you sometimes. We just automatically assume Nate's cheating, okay? <laughs> Nate, you win. Yes! <laughs> you you are a uh, two-time or three-time champion of the One Fall Show. Congratulations. Woo! That is uh, just as everything I predicted. It all falls into place. Love it when a plan comes together. All right, Nate, I'll give you uh, 60 seconds on the clock. Is there anything we missed this week you wanted to talk about? Or do you want to just uh, take a victory lap? No, no, because I'm going to talk about my latest sponsor. That's right. It's Tammy Sitch's OnlyFans account. There are brand new pictures. She just got let out of jail. Brand new pictures you can find over at OnlyFans.com. You will probably want to gouge your eyes out after seeing them all right nate with the sponsorship we have to uh see if we can get nate to actually get the show a sponsorship instead of just him because uh we could we could use the collateral justin you almost almost had the title this week what do you want to, uh, what do you want to let your opponents know or did we miss anything as far as topics that you'd want to discuss uh, I mean, there's a couple things I wouldn't mind touching on. First of all, I cannot believe we just had an OnlyFans spot mention on our show, but there's that. Uh, I'm going to – I mean, look, so I want, I've want, i wanted The Fiend to take on Braun Strowman in this rivalry, and now they got The Miz and Morrison going after Braun for the title at Backlash, and a lot of people are hating on it. They're clearly dragging out this storyline and a lot of their bigger storylines so they don't waste too many of it in front of empty arenas. I got to think this is going to lead to a fiend attack after the match of some sort to lead to a match at the following pay-per-view. But I, I, you have to have the fiend going after Braun normal Bray Wyatt going after Braun really didn't make sense when it comes to Bray actually having a chance to win. And I think the fiend will beat Braun at the end of the summer to take the title. I would enjoy seeing that. I'm a big uh, proponent of the fiend. Shawnee, after a strong first week, not really doing great this week. Uh, is there anything we missed, or would you like to uh, let your opponents know why you're going to trounce them next week? Not doing well is an understatement, sir. I came in strong, much like Lance Archer and Brody Lee, uh, only to fall wildly short when the big moment came. And uh, I'd like to apologize to my fans to the families, uh, the families. Fuck, man. I'm having a terrible time speaking into the microphone today. There are entire families of fans that are a, a little disappointed, but you know what? Uh, they'll have another opportunity with the next one fall show to not be disappointed by your showing. So there you go. Apparently, I'm having a tough time talking to the microphone as well. Guys, thank you so much for being a part of this week's One Fall Show. And thank you at home for listening. Make sure you're rating and reviewing us wherever you get in your podcast. Make sure you're following us on Facebook at the One Fall Show group, as well as on Twitter, which we're trying to get a little bit more active at, at One Fall Show. Nate, where can people find you online? At Nate Benderama on Twitter. Shawnee, where can people find you? You can find me at Shawnee.Constant on Instagram and over at the One Fall Show Facebook group. Excellent. And uh, Justin? Uh, at JV underscore sports underscore talk on Instagram and Twitter. Erica, thank you so much for keeping up with the points and being my timekeeper. Where can people find you online? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Erica underscore Bannis. And you can, of course, find me, Chizuck Bean, on the Nerd Radio podcast. You can find me on the Talk Horror to Me podcast as well. You can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash C-H-Z-U-C-K, playing some rock band every Sunday and some assorted games throughout the week. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for another excellent episode of The One Fall Show. We'll see you again next week. Trust me, you don't want sponsorship from Tammy. Ah! Hey, I, I'm I'm not I'm not real particular about where we get our money. I just you know it. We need to get money. Do you like to get paid in Vicodin? Aww. I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> Vicodin down. That sounds great.
Sean is like, oh, is that is that an option? Really? <laughs> <laughs> what did everyone think of the uh, the poo poo monster puppet that we got to see this week from Miz and Morrison? <laughs> I, I, I I I'll be honest with you. I missed SmackDown this week, so I'm I'm probably gonna go watch it on Hulu after we. Uh, I now have here. to Google poo poo monster, and I'm sad about that. At least the only thing when you search poo monster, the only thing that won't that'll come up, you know, anymore is uh, the the poo monster from Dogma. So at least now there's another one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I thought that's exactly what Miz and Morrison need to be. That was awesome. <laughs> Miz and Morrison have a really good gimmick. Like their gimmick is really strong, and I I think that they work well together. Be, uh, they both have a very different rhythm, but they play off of each other incredibly yeah. well. There's yep. never an overlap. There's never a a a struggle for the spotlight. Uh, they both just roll. Yeah, they, Morrison should have been with the WWE much sooner. Yeah, I mean, the it's funny because the Miz, I, at least on the mic, the Miz is so smooth, and Morrison is far from it. But then in the ring, it's vice versa. So it, it, they complement each other perfect. I would tell you guys, uh, for anybody that hasn't watched SmackDown, it is worth checking out AJ and Shinsuke. Uh, while there was no oh, okay. the finish was fantastic. And uh, Sheamus and Jeff closed out the show, and it was a good match. It wasn't, I, it didn't, it wasn't something I was looking forward to as much as Shinsuke and AJ, but it was still good. They at least tried to build Sheamus and Jeff. Like there was the couple of weeks where they were interrupting each other's promos and stuff. So at least there was like, you know, there was, there was a bit of a rivalry there. AJ and Shinsuke, you know, nothing is going to ever outdo what they did in new Japan. Yeah. I mean, I, they built it up, but it's like, they want to be different because it should have been at the pay-per-view Seamus and Jeff Hardy, but they just want to throw it in differently. Every time it's like, we don't need it to be different. I'm okay with the rivalry culminating at a pay-per-view. Just do that. Sure. Yeah. 